And we're going to do a, a little bit more of that, but this time we're going to get the big kids involved. And what we're going to do is, is, uh, is think about different courses of food. And so uh, wherever you are, go to your chat box and, uh, and just answer the question, um, which one is best? I'm going to give you two options. Uh, both might be good, but what's the best option? Uh, uh, do you think that, that appetizers are the best? Or do you think that salad is the best? And I understand that sometimes a salad is an appetizer, but we're going to pretend that this is a long, drawn-out meal, one of those kind of fancy meals, right? And so you get an appetizer and a salad. So which one do you think is best? And, and in the room here, just give us a show of hands. How many of you think appetizers are the best? How many of you think salads are the best? A, a few. I think appetizers probably one. So you guys are the smart ones. You guys are the, the good, the, the wise choice ones. Uh, and uh, uh, well, the second round, okay, second round, uh, go ahead and let us know. Go to your chat box. Let us know which one do you think is best, the main course or dessert? Main course or dessert? In the room, go ahead and let us know main course, uh, dessert. It's actually split pretty evenly. I'm a little bit surprised. I thought these would be weighted a little bit more heavily one way or the other. Okay, so, so uh, last one, a little bit more general, a little bit more broad. Uh, go to the chat box and, uh, and just let us know which one you think is best. The, the, the whole you know, meal or, or the drinks that kind of are served throughout the meal. Which one do you think is best? The, the whole meal or the drinks that are served throughout the course of the meal? Uh, whole meal, uh, anybody? Drinks throughout the course of the meal. Okay, that one was not quite as uh, evenly split. A lot of people said most uh, the, the meal, and then uh, a few people said um, the, the drinks throughout the meal. So, so here's the point. Let's just do one more thing. Uh, um, Y'all just look at each other and say, you're wrong. Yeah, exactly, right? Because you all didn't agree on, uh, on, on, who, on what was the best. So, so here's the point of this. Um, uh, we're tr trying to use this as an illustration to just uh, think about what is best. And, and uh, one question that you might have had in your brain was, well, what's the definition of best? Are you talking best taste or are you talking best nutritional value, right? Because those things don't always uh, add up to the same, <laughs> if we're honest, right? So, so what is the definition of best, nutritional value or taste? Um, and, and then we have to just point out that there wasn't universal agreement on any one of those questions. And, uh, and what ended up happening, and I spurred you to it, right? But the disagreement created a war and uh, some mean words uh, being said to each other, right? That um, I think this is best, I think this is best, you're not very smart, right, kind of thing. Uh, so, so there's disagreement, which leads to war. So, so we've got confusion, right? And then we've got disagreement. And, and then uh, there's just kind of the reality that it's hard to choose between two things that are good, right? I mean, uh, it, it's, uh, all of those things throughout the course of a meal are good things, but, um, but the reality is that, that maybe there's a best part of the meal. And so that's kind of where we're going today. We're, we're thinking about how, how we, we might sometimes in life have, have two good choices, um, but, but how do we know what's best? And, and particularly, uh, we're going to be laying this over the top of our lives as disciples of Jesus and be thinking about what does it look like to live in the best way according to the words of Jesus. So we're, we're going to get into this here. Luke chapter 10 um, there's a temptation sometimes when we uh, read a familiar story that we just kind of gloss over, right? Oh, yeah, heard that before. Move on. 
right? I would encourage you to just put yourself in the shoes of uh, somebody that's hearing this story for the very first time, uh, because there's an awful lot to celebrate in this story. Uh, there's an awful lot of good happening in this story. And, and, then, uh, and, and then there's also some challenge along the way as we, as we keep going in the story. So Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. We got to see this. Martha's doing a good thing. Right? She's doing a good thing. Uh, she, she is paying attention to somebody. Uh, she is making somebody feel like they matter. Uh, she, is, she is welcoming somebody into her home. Martha is doing a good thing. Uh, a step further, we would say that Martha is doing uh, what a disciple, what a lover of Jesus should do. Uh, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, Luke chapter 7. Simon uh, the Pharisee invites Jesus over to his house, and then he doesn't welcome Jesus, right? He doesn't offer Jesus any uh, water for his feet, which was a common courtesy of the day. He doesn't offer uh, Jesus uh, a, a handshake or a hug of greeting, and he doesn't offer Jesus any oil to anoint himself and kind of freshen up his spirit and, and his appearance, uh, what, he doesn't do any of those things, and Jesus is like, Simon, what's the deal, right? You invited me over to your house, but you didn't welcome me, and you didn't welcome me because you don't love me, right? So, so Martha is doing a good thing, and Martha is doing what a disciple, a lover of Jesus, should be doing. And we could go even one step further and say that Martha is doing what Jesus himself does. Uh, Jesus is a man who serves someone besides himself, uh, Jesus serves other people that can't return the favor, uh, that he's not looking for a return of the favor. He is just serving to serve. He is just serving to love somebody, and that's what Martha's doing. Uh, she, she's loving Jesus through her action, through her work. Martha is doing a good thing. We've, we've just got to see that. Okay, so, so let's keep going and look at, uh, at 39. I'll read 38 again. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. <laughs> and she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Uh, Mary is also doing a good thing, yeah? I mean, nobody would look at this and say that Mary's doing a bad thing. Uh, Mary is, is taking the, the position of a servant. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's saying, hey, you are more and I am less, and I'm going to sit here at your feet, and I'm going to listen to your words, right? I'm, I'm going to soak in the words that you have to say, uh, because that, that is a, a loving thing to do. She's letting Jesus be the Lord of her life and, uh, and listening to the things that he has to say. Um, and, and we could go that step further and say Mary's doing exactly what a disciple is supposed to do. Um, back uh, just a, a chapter ago, Luke chapter 9, right? Uh, uh, Jesus is transfigured on the mountain. This is super cool. Jesus is transfigured on the mountain. The disciples are there, and uh, the voice of God the Father Almighty speaks from heaven and says, this is my son whom I love. What? Listen to him. And that's exactly what Mary is doing. So Mary is doing a good thing, and Mary is doing exactly what a disciple should do. And so at this point in the story, just two verses in, what we have, right, is two good things. Um, and how do we choose what's best? See that? Um, we, we have somebody who is serving Jesus, serving others, doing good, God-pleasing work. And at the same time, we have somebody who is sitting at the feet of Jesus and soaking in his word. Uh, of course, the beauty of this story is that we don't have to choose, right? Just like a meal, uh, we don't have to choose one over the other. We can choose both. But what we want to do is make sure that we're paying attention to what is absolutely best, 
Uh, because sometimes in life we do this thing where we, we, we pursue something good, but we leave out what's best. Anybody ever do that in your own life? <laughs> uh, if you're on Facebook or on Zoom, you could just like kind of give a wave or a thumbs up or something like that. Let us know that you do that as well. I, I know I do that, right? We pursue something good, and what we do is we leave out what's best. And so, so things are going to spiral pretty quickly uh, out of control for one of these characters, and, uh, and, and we're going to see what happens when we do something good, but we leave out what's, what's best. All right, so, so here we go. Um, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 40. But Martha, you know things are going to go sideways, right? But Martha. As soon as you see that, right, everything is good and positive, and all of a sudden you see that word but, it's like but Martha. Okay, so we've we got to pay attention to that. But Martha was distracted, <laughs> distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, now, now just pause there for a second. Um, this word distracted <clears throat> is a word that means overoccupied or drawn away. <clears throat> so it's this thing where, you know, you're doing something over here, and then all of a sudden this thing happens over here, and, and it takes your attention over here, and, and all of a sudden you get overoccupied with this, and, and so it, it, it draws you away from what you were doing, this is what distraction is, right? You're, you, you get overoccupied with this other thing. You were doing this, and that was all good, and then all of a sudden you get overoccupied with this other thing, and it draws you away. It sucks you in like a magnet, and, and there's no letting it go. You're just overoccupied with this thing over here, right? This is what's happening to Martha. She is distracted. She is overoccupied, and she's being drawn away from the feet of Jesus, um, uh, it, it's almost like she wants to be doing what Mary's doing, but she just can't. <laughs> She's overoccupied. She is distracted. She's drawn away from the feet of Jesus. And so this is a big word, right? Not just for this story and not just for this moment, but for our lives. No, because the reality is that we get overoccupied with a lot of different things. Amen? Uh, I'm the only one. Oh, okay, good. I'm seeing some head nods now, right? So, so we, we get overoccupied with a lot of different things. We get distracted. And some of those things are, are, are not too good for our hearts. I mean, COVID-19 is, is, overoccupies our thoughts. Um, and it draws us away from Jesus. A racial tensions overoccupies our hearts and draws us away from the feet of Jesus. Political races, right, have a tendency to, to, to over-occupy our, our thoughts and our minds, and, and sometimes it draws us away from the feet of Jesus. But, but we also get overly occupied with good things, like sports. Uh, we get overly occupied with, uh, with, with, with family. We get overly occupied with vacations. We get overly occupied with work. And all those things sometimes tend to draw us away from the feet of Jesus. We get distracted. And so the reality is that this is a major, major word here, not just for this story and this moment in the story, but for our lives. Um, we, we get overoccupied with too many things, and then things spin out of control. Just watch what happens. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Now, I'll just see what happens here. First of all, she gets distracted, right? And then she forgets the character of Jesus. And then she behaves poorly towards somebody else. And then after that, she makes herself the Lord. I don't know if you've ever seen that sequence in the story. I never really saw that or noticed that before I was studying for this. But, but here's what happens, right? She, she, she bursts into the room and says, Lord, don't you care? 
This is Luke chapter 10, right? This is not Luke chapter 4 when Jesus just showed up on the scene and just began his public ministry. This is Luke chapter 10. We are far into the story. We know that Jesus cares, right? We know that Jesus cares about the things that are on our hearts and the things that we care about. He is deeply moved by those things. And, uh, and, but, but see this, right? Martha can't see that, that she has forgotten the identity and the character of Jesus because she got overoccupied, because she got drawn away. This is what happens, right? We get distracted and overoccupied, and all of a sudden we can't remember the character of Jesus and the fact that he actually cares about things that, that we're experiencing and that we care about. And then uh, she behaves poorly, right? She says, my sister has left me. How awkward is that, right? She's, Mary is still there sitting at the feet of Jesus, and, and she doesn't talk to Mary. She talks over Mary. She talks around Mary. She talks about Mary, but she doesn't talk to Mary. My sister has left me. And then what she does is she becomes the boss. Tell her to help me. You see that? that this is what happens, right? We get distracted, overoccupied, drawn away from Jesus, and then we forget the character of Jesus. And then before you know it, we're making ourselves the king and commander of the situation. We're the ones in control. And we start bossing people around, including Jesus himself. This is what she does. Tell her to help me. She's taking the position of the Lord. She's taking the position of the king of the situation and the king of the moment. Now, if you're Jesus, what would you say? Um, I can think of a few different things that Jesus would say right? Um, uh, we're going to look at this here in, in verse 41 in just a minute, but, but I might expect Jesus to say, get behind me, Satan. Another interesting story, right? Matthew chapter 16, um, uh, Jesus has just said, I'm going to be crucified and risen from the dead. And Peter says, oh no, I'll never let that happen to you, right? And, and, and there in that moment, what has Peter done? He's made himself Lord. He's made himself the commander. He said, no, you can't, I'll tell you what you can do and can't do, right? That's what Peter does. And what does Jesus say to him? He says, Peter, you get behind me, Satan. But Jesus doesn't say that. Um, you might expect Jesus to say something like, uh, like, woman, you go back to the kitchen, you take a time out, you collect yourself, and then you come out and have a rational conversation with me. He doesn't say that either. You might expect Jesus to say, look, Dude, she's right there. Have a conversation with Mary. Talk about it with Mary. Uh, working out with her, and then I'll be here. If you need to involve me and engage me in the conversation, you can engage me, and then I'll help out. But talk to her first. He doesn't do that either. We've just got to see this. What Jesus does is incredibly gracious. He doesn't scold her. He doesn't jump straight to instruction. He doesn't straight, jump straight to, man, you're a mess up. Now, what he does is the first two words that he says in the story, he says, Martha, Martha. What he's doing is he's getting her attention and he's holding it there because he knows that sometimes we are prone to distraction, that sometimes we are overoccupied with too many things. And so what he does is he says her name and then he says it again. This is such a gracious approach from Jesus. Martha, Martha, let me get your attention right here. Let me, let me hold your attention right here because what I have to say to you in this moment is so important. I don't want you to miss this. I want to make sure that, that you hear what I'm about to say but because, because I'm going to tell you what's the best thing. What you're doing is good, but I want to tell you what is the best thing for you. 
so gracious. Here's what he says. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but, but only one thing is necessary. Only one thing is essential. Only one thing is best. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So, so just see this. Um, um, it's absolutely good to love Jesus through service and through ministry. Uh, that's vital, right? What Martha is doing is a good thing. It is good to love Jesus by loving other people. Uh, we see that throughout the Gospel of Luke. We're seeing it right here in the story of Martha. It, it is good to be part of this world and busy in this world, right? That, uh, we might go to the extreme and say, oh, I'm just going to withdraw so that I'm not overoccupied by the things of this world. Right? But that, that's not a good approach either. It's good to be part of this world and busy in this world. We are a kingdom of priests set apart by God to represent God to the world. So it's good to be busy in doing what Martha does. But, but look, if we only do the good thing and we leave out the best thing, then just see what happens. We're going to miss the character of God. And we're going to start to, to treat other people poorly and we're going to make ourselves the king of the situation, of the moment. And Jesus comes in his grace and in his mercy. He doesn't scold. <laughs> he doesn't say, man, you're a mess up. He doesn't jump straight to instruction. He says, David, David, let me remind you who I am. Let me refresh my character and and how much I love and care. David, David, let me remind you that you're not a very good king, but I am. And in his grace and in his mercy, he comes and he says, hey, let me show you the best thing. Me. Um, I told the music team, uh, God put a couple of songs on my heart this morning, and and one of them was actually an old hymn. It goes like this. Today your mercy calls us to wash away our sin. The past shall be forgotten. A present joy be given. Today, the mercy of Jesus calls us and invites us back. You know, we might hear this and have kind of a heavy-handed, oh, yeah, I've been way too distracted and I've been way over-occupied with, with, with just dumb stuff that I wish I wasn't so over-occupied with. But just see this, right? Today, the grace of Jesus calls us. And what does he do when he calls us back to him? He, he washes us. And he says, hey, here I am. Let me, let me be the king of your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we, uh, um, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to be refreshed and be renewed and, and be restored. Um, to, to be refreshed uh, simply by, by being free of the things that distract us and the things that over-occupy our, our hearts and our minds and the things that draw us away from you. Uh, we thank you for the chance to, um, to, to be renewed in our relationship with you, to just come back to your feet and, and listen to, to those first two words that you say, Martha, Martha. And we thank you for the chance to be refreshed. <laughs> uh, the freedom of not having to be the king of the situation and of the moment, uh, but to let go and let you be the king. 
of the universe. Let you be the king of this country. Let you be the king of our lives. And so we thank you so much for who you are and for all that you have done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.